the 200 level episode 185, eight days a week. Why do we call it eight days a week? Well, for one, it was a fantastic week of Illini basketball. Technically, it was eight days from one Saturday to the next. I love the Beatles. There's another reason for you. And this team had the most impressive eight-day stretch in its regular season history. I know when we say best ever, greatest ever, we start throwing those out there that it could be deemed hyperbolic. And I understand that. But for anybody, you know, talking to my dad yesterday after the game, talking to Illini fans of any age, there's never been anything like what we saw in the last eight days. There will be great Illini teams in the future, hopefully the near future, not another 16 years from now, because it seems like every 16 years, that's sort of the line of demarcation for this program. We get a run every 16 years, but no, there will be great Illini teams in the future and probably under Brad Underwood as well, but there will never be another week like what we just experienced. The catharsis of it, beating Michigan, given the circumstances, beating Ohio State 16 years to the day when you lost your undefeated record at Ohio State in 05 to Matt Sylvester. And EJ Liddell on the other end, doing everything in his power to make sure that you didn't win that game. And somehow you did. The way that you won these three games, all of them different from one another. The Wisconsin game without Io, we're all thinking, well, maybe. Well, you looked really good, sloppy, but overall pretty good against Wisconsin. And you withstood a late barrage from Demetrius Trice. You sneak out of there with a win, a huge win. And that at the time, I thought that was my favorite win of the season. Go to Tuesday. Io is deemed out at four o'clock that afternoon, two hours before tip. And at that point, it's, ah, what the heck? Let's see what they can do. And then you run them out of their own gym. Okay, that's my favorite one of the season. And then you get to yesterday, where you played pretty well in the first half. And then Ohio State, I think, had the upper hand for the first 15 minutes of that second half. And then you closed it out. Actually, the first, let's say, 17 and a half minutes of that second half. That was Ohio State. And then finally, you made the plays at the end, beginning with DeMonte's three with 140 to go. I'll get to DeMonte in a bit. I'm eating crow. If you listened to yesterday's podcast, you can tell that Carp is eating crow happily so after DeMonte was in there instead of Grandison. And now I got a new favorite one of the season. What we saw yesterday in Columbus is as impressive as any win this season. And it is more like the kind of game that you're going to play in March in the NCAA tournament than any win that we probably had this year other than, let's say, Iowa back in late January. Games that for 40 minutes, the outcome is in doubt, and it simply comes down to who was going to close. Keep in mind, Iowa was even leading, I think, late in that game at the State Farm Center. By one, by maybe three, I think Grandison hit the three-pointer that either evened it up or gave you the lead in that game. But we could have lost that. So to see this team finding ways to close out games against upper echelon teams, the kind of team that you would play in the Elite Eight to get to the Final Four, and not even play your best game. If we were really grading Illinois yesterday, A-plus for the last two and a half minutes, but probably a B-minus effort until then. The defense was not what it had been. Ohio State was getting a lot of looks, and Ohio State's too talented to give them those looks. And then you clamp down. They missed their 10 shots, last 10 shots, mostly because of what you were doing defensively. And then Io, Mast Io Desumu, DeMonte, the fifth-year senior going out there making the plays defensively and the three to knot it up. It was a team win. It was a win where Kofi and Trent and Adam Miller were non-factors for the second half. And you still got it done. So that's the kind of win that I think will breed confidence even more so than a Michigan game where everything went right in that one. It was just one of those all-time nights. But that's not probably how it's going to be when you play 
six games, if you hope you play six games in the NCAA tournament, there are going to be some tough ones. And for every team that wins a national title, there is one or two games that they damn near could have lost. There's always that close call. And that's why the game against Ohio State, to me, is so encouraging. You went through the ringer in that game. You didn't have your best stuff, and you found a way to win on the road at a top 10 team's place. And a matchup that I think we would all agree, I don't want to face Ohio State again. I don't want to. EJ Liddell, he gets his. Washington's a tough matchup. They're just a tough matchup in general. But you got it done. This team, I, I'm done with doubting them. And I probably was, to be honest, after the Wisconsin game. But the last three games, add the Michigan and the Ohio State games to this, and I look at the last eight days, the eight-day week, and think this team can win a national title. And if you compare them to any other team in the country right now, and you look at how they're playing, I'm not going to go so far as to say Illinois is a favorite to win a national title. It is a single elimination tournament. A lot of things can happen. But I have never felt this good this late in the season about Illini team. Let's go back to 05, for example. At this point in the season, we lost to Ohio State. 16 years ago, you were waking up on that Monday thinking, oh my God, we just lost to Ohio State yesterday. Undefeated season is over. I don't know about you, but that week leading up to the Big Ten tournament, there was a cloud over things, right? And then Bruce Weber's mom passes away. Illinois wins the three games in three days in the Big Ten tournament, but it was not the flashiest performance. And you wonder the NCAA tournament is the number one overall seed the team to beat, and yet it didn't feel like we were playing our best ball at that time. Kudos to that team. They got it done. It required a, an amazing comeback against Arizona, but they got it done and made the national championship game. But even in 05, we knew that North Carolina was lingering out there. In 89, I can't really speak to that. That was a really tough tournament when you look at the teams that Illinois had to play, and that's probably similar to the kind of a caliber of competition this team would have to play in order to make a national title game or make a Final Four. And that 89 team was getting Kendall back. They were not playing their best ball of the year at that point. And again, credit to them, they got it done. But like 05, they had a mark on their back. This Illinois team, though, I think the primary difference between 89 and 05 is that even while this team will get the one seed, they locked it in. And even though you could argue their resume is maybe the most accomplished in college basketball, they still have this mentality of the hunter and not the hunted. They still get to pretend like they've been slighted. They still get to pretend like they got a chip on their shoulder. And you know, I say pretend, whatever's going on in that locker room, this is an angry, hungry team. And they're feeding off that. And that can last for the next month. We're talking four weekends in a row coming up. Big Ten tournament, first weekend, second weekend, final four weekend. I hope they're playing in all four of them. I wouldn't be surprised if they were. And because of that mentality and where this team is at compared to great Illini teams that I can remember from the past, even in 01, right? I thought 01 had a decent shot, but you knew Arizona was there in your bracket. Please, Arizona, lose. Of course, they didn't, and then they beat you. That's the primary difference. There is not a team until the Final Four that I look at and say, oh, God, I want no piece of them. And the way this team continues to find ways to win, Wisconsin, you take the big lead. Demetra Trice explosion, you hold them off, you get it done without I.O. Impressive. Michigan, everything goes right, you smoke them in their own gym. Impressive. But yesterday in Columbus, perhaps the most impressive of all because that is the kind of game you will be playing to make a Final Four. Or that's the kind of game you'll be playing in the Final Four. They find ways to win. They've done it all year. Yes, there have been some hiccups, but you know what? The biggest hiccup of all, 
that might be the silver lining was the Michigan State game that really woke this team up. Io sits out for three games. Now you got Andre Corbello doing what he's doing and all the supporting cast finding their roles even more so. The confidence is off the charts right now. There's something happening here. Not to quote Buffalo Springfield, but there is. We can feel it. It's right in front of us. This next month is going to be fun. So let's sit back, enjoy the ride. Yeah, there are going to be some tense moments. There's no doubt, but I wouldn't have it any other way. And I have a weird, eerie calm about how this season is going to end up. I mentioned vibes on my Twitter account quite a bit. I got a good vibe about this one. I got a good vibe about this month. I got a good vibe about this team. And I think a lot of Illini Nation feels the same way. Now, I've gotten way into this. We're almost nine minutes into this podcast. I haven't even mentioned the sponsors of the 200 level. Let me do that real quick. DP Doe online at dpdoe.com. Hey, all month long, why not enjoy delicious calzones? And there are many varieties of calzones you can get from custom zones with any topping you want to their favorites like the Maui Wowie or the Buffer Zone. They deliver anywhere in Champaign-Urbana. So as we get into Big Ten tournament and NCAA tournament action and you're celebrating at home and vibing a little bit, let them bring a piping hot calzone to your door. Coupon code Mike gets you $5 calzones at dpdo.com. Fourth and Kirby online at fourthandkirby.com. Corey Bradford, he has his new t-shirt. I got mine arriving this week. Go to fourthandkirby.com. Use coupon code 200level for 10% off your order at fourthandkirby.com. Not just the Corey shirt, but they got plenty of great Illini swag. And for this month, let's be honest, I'm going to wear Illini swag basically every day. Fortunately, I'm stocked with Fourth and Kirby stuff, so why don't you do the same? Fourthandkirby.com. Rector Construction online at RECTORConstruction.com. From a new roof to a crawl space inspection and everything in between. Not just great at what they do, but also great citizens of the area. I know that sounds kind of like, you know, a lofty bit of praise there, but knowing what they do for the community, they are truly integral parts of Champaign-Urbana. So if you're in East Central Illinois, go to rectorconstruction.com. Let them give you a free estimate for any home project. That's R-E-C-T-O-R construction.com. And finally, State Farm Agent Brian Hansen. He's my guy for insurance. He's our guy, me and Kara, for homeowners and auto. Great State Farm prices, as you would expect. But more than that, the personalized service is what really makes Brian and his staff stand out. Go to brianismyguy.com for more information today. That's brianismyguy.com for State Farm agent Brian Hansen. Alana Inquirer and the Champagne Showers Podcast Network partners with the 200 level. Real quick, ratings and reviews. There have been so many very complimentary ones coming into Apple Podcast. They don't need to be complimentary. If there's something we are doing right, leave that feedback as well. But ratings and reviews have been huge. We are consistently a top 50 basketball podcast in the country right now. Now, that speaks to Illini fans and how Illini fans, when things are going good, they absorb everything. I'm the same way. I'm listening to every Illini podcast. I'm reading every bit that I can and just soaking this in. But we really appreciate the fact that you guys have been listening and making this part of your podcast rotation. It means a lot. And you know, to kind of piggyback off of Jeremy and Derek, they were talking on Thursday's podcast, the Alana Inquirer. And Jeremy asked Derek what it's like to cover this team from a personal sense. And Derek's a local guy. I'm a local guy. And it's easy for me as the non-beat rider, one that has to be covering the team in a journalistic way to ride that roller coaster. But even Derek admitted that this is amazing. This is special. This is the kind of stuff that you dream about, whether it be from a sports rider angle or someone that grew up in Champaign-Urbana and knows what it's like in this community when Illinois basketball is kicking butt. 
It's been a long time. It seems like every 16 years we get this once in a lifetime team. I want to throw 01 in there, not just because we got Sean Harrington coming up in a bit, which we do, uh, probably around the 30, 35 minute mark. But yeah, there's this kind of glow in Champaign Urbana when Illinois basketball is doing well. It's not just the nice weather outside, it is an absolutely picturesque spring day. Oddly enough, it would have been a year ago to the day. It's March 7th, but it was still a Sunday evening when Illinois and Iowa played on what was a beautiful early March Sunday. Today feels just like that. And little did we know what would happen. And you look at the last year, the saga, the twists and the turns for this basketball program, and really for all of our lives with COVID-19, and we get to end up in this position with a one seed being a national title contender. It's remarkable. And it's fun. And it's something that when I started this podcast or when I started even back at 93.5 in 2010, knowing or I think having some optimism that maybe John Gross would turn it around or something, that was a long decade. That was a really long decade. And Illini fans deserve this moment. We deserve to puff our chest out a bit. We deserve to enjoy every little bit of this. It's been a long time coming. This is a special team and they are primed to do special things. I mentioned in the opening segment that I have more confidence in a weird way in this team than even 05. I mentioned the hunter mentality versus the hunted. And in 05, that team was number one all year long. They were the ones with the target on their backs. And every team that played Illinois, Wisconsin, Milwaukee, Arizona, I think it was Nevada in the second round. Listen, that team got it done, especially against Louisville. That was the most impressive performance in the NCAA tournament for that team. But you could tell that there was an extra bit of baggage, an extra bit of weight on that team's shoulders. And it really hit home during that Arizona game when they took a 15-point lead. It was an entire season's worth of carrying the baggage of being the best team in the nation. This team hasn't had to do that. This team is on the up at the exact right time. And that's why you know I figured that the team that would win it all for Illinois, whenever that would happen, would not probably be as good as the 05 team. And probably would not be as good as the 89 team. But as we know with the NCAA tournament, it is all about who gets hot at the right time. Yes, sometimes the best team in the nation, they're the ones that get it done. But oftentimes, it's the fourth or the fifth or the sixth best team in the nation that at the time is playing at their best. And they're playing loose. And they're playing confident. This team is loose. This team's confident. They got a superstar emerging in Andre Corbello who is now someone that's going to be getting 30-plus minutes a game and can play beautifully out there with Io on the court at the same time. You have a few lead dogs. You got guys that you know can make plays. You got a masked Io DeSumo. Just another chapter in his incredible story here at Illinois as your leader, closing the game out yesterday. You got seniors like DeMonte making plays to help you win that game against Ohio State or Trent having the game of his life at Michigan. Kofi with an off day yesterday, but guess what? You still have Kofi Coburn. Not a lot of teams can say that, right? That's going to help you win games. And you could go down the list. This team and the eight guys that are going to be playing consistent minutes here down the stretch, they think that they can do this. They know they can do this. And I know that the 05 team, they thought the same thing, but it's just a different kind of feeling. Even as a fan where I was more nervous entering the Big Ten and the NCAA tournaments back then, that loss against Ohio State in 05, it had this psychological effect. We can say that Illinois would not have won that Arizona game without that initial trial run at Ohio State, where they first tasted what failure was like, not getting a win. And that might be true. But entering that NCAA tournament as you were filling out your bracket, and you inevitably put Illinois versus North Carolina in the championship. If you selected Illinois, 
I think part of that was, all right, we're due. This team is special. They're going to get it done. I selected North Carolina. And it wasn't out of some you know, bit of self-defense or trying to prepare myself for the worst. But I think even in 05, we knew if there was one team that was going to be kryptonite for Illinois, it was going to be that North Carolina team with four or five future pros. And it was. As I look at this, as I look at this tournament, the bracket that you're likely to face to get into the Final Four, it's not going to be easy, of course. I don't mean to give that impression, but there's not that that powerhouse, that really tough matchup that awaits you. That wouldn't happen until the Final Four, as I look at this. And it, yes, it'd be Michigan, it'd be Gonzaga, it'd be Baylor. I would presume that Michigan would be on the other side of the bracket. Got to imagine that. Getting to the national title game, and there is Michigan. And all you got to do is just beat them one game to win the entire thing. But no, to actually get to the Final Four, there might be a two or three seed that's a tough matchup. I know Jeremy's mentioned West Virginia and Florida State. I haven't really watched Florida State play. I know West Virginia, they got length and they can shoot. Kind of remind you of an Ohio State. A bunch of six six, six seven tweeners. And you're thinking, well, can we guard those guys? But you know what? Even with that, I look at this team and think, especially after the Ohio State game, there's something going on here that maybe regardless of opponent, this team is just going to will themselves to a win. That's what they had to do in Columbus yesterday. They had to will themselves to that win. None more indicative of that final full possession that Ohio State had with 25 seconds on the clock. 20 seconds elapsed. They took three shots, missed them all. The ball was going all over the place. Yeah, they got a couple of tip outs and you could say, well, why didn't we get the board? No, we were playing balls to the wall that last possession. It was a scrum. We were not going to let them win. There was this weird feeling that kind of came over me, especially when he went up five. And of course, we all felt good at that point. But when Ohio State missed the first three, I thought, oh, we got this. And there were still 20 seconds left. There wasn't that feeling that Demetri Trice was going to come through that door and score 19 points in the final moments. No, Illinois was winning that game when Iowa went there with the and one, the layup in the and one, I should say. They were going to win that game at that point. I didn't want to say it on the podcast. I didn't want to be a jinx. So I kind of kept quiet and well, I didn't keep quiet, that's for sure. You can see that in the, the video that Trevor put together and we put up on the 200-level Twitter account. No, we were not quiet. We were super pumped. We were shell-shocked in the best way possible. We were shell-shocked in the complete opposite way that we were back in 05 when Matt Sylvester hit that shot. This was the role reversal. I have an Ohio State friend that we were tweeting back and forth and even texting before the game about this and he said, listen, this isn't like 05, and he was giving me the specifics why, and I said, yeah, yeah, that's all fine and good, but here's the deal. For us Illinois fans, this is a slaying the dragon moment. The last two years have been kind of eliminating all the ghosts of March past, right? Getting rid of all these demons or skeletons in our closet, the things that continue to kind of haunt us. EJ Liddell was kind of that last step. We're back in mid-January when E.J. Liddell came in here, hit, what, four or five threes, led Ohio State to a big win, and you're thinking, well, that was the one that got away, and because of it, we are not going to taste a deep March run. And then, six, seven weeks later, you have what happened yesterday, where while he got his, and he had his run in the second half, at the end of the day, DeMonte clamped down when he needed to, and you got the win over E.J. Liddell. They'll get the two seed, and fingers crossed it's going to be EJ and that team going home early while you make a deep run and maybe EJ will be thinking why didn't I go there now you may be thinking Carp it's not about EJ it's not about settling scores and I would agree with that I'm enjoying this team for what it is but there's no doubt that there's some extra juice for Illini fans 
based on all the perceived, all the slights, perceived or otherwise, including A.J. Liddell, including the rivalry that you have with an Iowa, including Michigan and them sidestepping or whatever you want to say from the initial game, and now they're the Big Ten champs, and they're puffing their chest out, and you're like, we kicked your ass. What are you talking about? No, yeah, all these slights, this is what Illinois fans do, right? Myself included sometimes. We go down this rabbit hole where we feel like the world is against us. And that's why a win like we saw at Ohio State, goes completely against what our subconscious is probably telling us as Illini fans. Our subconscious is Murphy's Law, right? We're going to get close, but something bad is going to happen. And I've been fighting against that all year, thinking that this team of all teams, somehow, someway, they're going to get it done. I was telling myself this back in November, but trust me, I doubted it. From mid-December through mid-January, I doubted it time and time again, because the results just weren't there. But here we are, and I'm falling back into that mindset. I'm going to convince myself to not think of the worst case scenario and just let this thing ride out and enjoy every single moment. It could end in disappointment. It could end in heartbreak. That's what the NCAA tournament's about. Single elimination tournament, like I mentioned before, how often does the best team truly win it? But this team, no matter what team they're playing, what the matchup is, they find a way. They find a way. You got the best closer in basketball. You got the best big man. I still think you had the best big man. Drew Timmy is right there. And then you have an emerging superstar in Andre Curbelo. All the pieces are there. The mindset is there. The momentum, the feeling that you're playing your best ball right now, that's there too, where I didn't have that in years past. Couple that all together and it's like, well, wait a second. Yeah, why not? It's already been so storybook. Io coming back yesterday, wearing the mask, looking unbelievable. I know he was quiet for the first, let's say, 15 minutes of the second half, but guess what? He was there when you needed uh, when you needed him. He didn't force a single thing yesterday. He played within himself, and he shot, oh, 80% from the field, and he made all the clutch free throws at the end to close it out. That's Io. That's just what he does. Didn't lose a step. You are extremely dangerous. No team wants to play Illinois. Isn't that a nice feeling? No team wants to be in that bracket. Granted, no one really wants to be in Michigan or Gonzaga or Baylor's bracket, but if you were to look at which team is red hot at the right time, it's Illinois. That's it. It's that simple. And the Big Ten tournament coming up this weekend, that's not going to change it. You know, I think we'll get at least one win. I think Saturday will be the rematch with Iowa. I cannot wait for that. And it's easy to say that the way Iowa's playing and the fact that they're going to be up for it, they want a Big Ten tournament title, probably even more than you do, because they won't have the one seed. They, they want something tangible too, right? And certainly they're good enough to get it. But you're telling me that this Illinois team going in to face Iowa on Saturday afternoon, and Iowa knows that if he goes out there and he schools Iowa, that he could win National Player of the Year and put his team in the Big Ten tournament final. I'm not picking against Illinois. And I don't know how many games the rest of this year I would pick against them. So, what a remarkable turnaround. I mean, four years for Brad Underwood, but really, eight days. Eight days for this team. I'm not including the Nebraska game, even though that was impressive in its own right. The fact that Iowa was out and it was after the Michigan State game, you responded well. But the last eight days, Wisconsin, Michigan, Ohio State, that took things from, okay, well, I think we can make a deep tournament run to, oh, I think we will make a deep tournament run. It changed it from... I think to, oh, I'm pretty sure they will. And that's not arrogance. That's not overlooking the fact of 
the NCAA tournament is rife with landmines here and there, right? Of course it is. But it just seems to all be coalescing at the right time. I'm super excited about it. We got Sean Harrington coming up here, and we're going to be speaking with him about the Big Ten tournament to an extent, even though we don't have the full seedings yet. And we will talk with him about just this team in general. And I want to kind of get his input as someone who is an astute observer of basketball. I mean, he knows the game so well. And if you haven't followed Sean on Twitter, do so at SMHarrington24. And he puts up these videos before each Illinois game, kind of breaking down the matchup. And he's been spot on. If you go back and look at each one, especially before the Michigan game, that was spot on with what Illinois did well. And listen, the guy knows basketball, but I'm also excited to ask him as an alum, as someone that won a couple Big Ten titles. And they were so close in 2001 to making a Final Four. What is it like as an alum to see this team? And if he has the same feeling I do, that there is something different about where this team's at at this moment than past Illini teams that have the same ability to make a deep run. Also, as I record this, I don't know what, what's going to happen with the Michigan-Michigan State game. And it could be that Michigan State just gets their butts kicked again. I actually think that that might be more likely than them getting an upset. The way that Michigan's playing and the fact that you're 20 plus point one at Michigan, that was the aberration. Michigan's still Michigan. And Michigan State is still Michigan State this year, which is to say not very good. But let's say, hypothetically, Michigan State wins. And Michigan finishes, let's see, that would be 14 and three in 17 games, and you finish 16 and four. Josh Whitman needs to put his foot down to whatever extent he can and say, we deserve co-champions. The Big Ten needs to make that happen if Michigan loses today, because at that point, you would be two percentage points behind them. They said percentage will win the Big Ten title. Okay, that's fair. Until you see the team that's two percentage points behind kill the other team in a head-to-head matchup. Not just one, no fluke about it, you smoked him. That's got to be worth at least two percentage points in the win percentage column, I would think. So I'm, I will say this once. I'm not going to belabor the point because by the time you listen to it, it may be null and void. If Michigan loses today, we need Whitman and anybody else that can pull some weight for Illinois talking to Kevin Warren, if Kevin Warren even answers his damn phone or even talks to people, who knows at this point, and saying, we want a banner that says Big Ten Co-Champions because you will have earned it. And you deserve it. 16-4 and four in this Big Ten. Yes, the Maryland game is frustrating. Yes, the Rutgers game is frustrating. And certainly the first Ohio State game was. You could argue that the game at Michigan State was really the turnaround of the season. All of a sudden, I might be sending Maddie Sissoko a national title ring if we make it that far. Because while he knocked out Io and broke his nose, gave him a concussion, awful as that is, what if it is that moment that this team needed to finally wake up and sense the urgency of it. That was always my concern with this team, that they didn't sense that urgency. I think they do now. I think they get it. The last three games, if they're any indication, they, they understand this is it. And more than that, the formative nature of those three games that Iowa was out, leading to that moment yesterday where you don't win without Andre Corbello being what he was. And Andre Corbello was not at this point in all likelihood without being the lead dog for three games while, while Iowa was out. I don't think you're at that place at Ohio State without what happened. I don't think you are primed to make a national title run without the Michigan State game having happened in the way that it did. So frankly, Tom Izzo, thank you 
Thank you, Maddie Sissoko. Am I saying it right? Uh, whatever. <laughs> Not thank you for breaking a nose and giving a concussion, but hey, we got to this point partially because of what happened. I know it's a very roundabout way to get there. Would have much preferred to just get there with no one getting hurt and Io not having to deal with all that stuff and Io not having to miss the Michigan game, which I know had to be super rough for him. As the kind of competitor he is, I know that would have sucked even watching that win from the sidelines. But here you are, partially because of that. And back to this idea of a storybook. You know, these chapters are being written. And if I were reading this book 20 years in the future, I would assume that the end, I would assume the ending of a national title. I mentioned that in the last few podcasts. Those are two hefty words. And fortunately, I don't think the players listen to this. I don't think they would think, oh man, Carp is really adding the pressure here. No, I, I'm, I think they're blissfully unaware of that. But I know that they're using those words themselves. Io did yesterday in a press conference. I know that Brad Underwood has said it himself. This team is saying national title, national title, national title. And they believe they can do it. And I think they believe it that much more based on what happened when Io was out. And now he's back. Can we talk about the aesthetics of Io in a mask and how cool that looks? He looks fierce. He looks badass. And, oh, God. Again, storybook. A masked Io comes back and leads Illinois, a more confident, better version of this team. He leads them all the way to the national title in Indy. They don't need to go any more than two hours away for the next month. They just get to camp out in Indy. Another one of those dominoes that fell right in Illinois' favor. We aren't traveling all around. Nope, we're going two hours down the road. Not even two hours on I-74 and just camping out in Indy for a month. It's right there for us. And now it's just about going out there and winning the games. And I forget if it was Bob Zupke. I think it was Bob Zupke that tweeted it out. It really seems this simple now, right? It's simply a matter of winning the games. Now, that is not the most in-depth analysis you're going to get, of course. But I think where that's getting at is that this team can win a national title. And one of the few things to get in its way would be themselves. And I don't see this team being the reason that they lose. I see an exit in the NCAA tournament being the result of getting Gonzaga in that final four. And that offense is just too much, too many weapons. There'll be a well-oiled machine. If Gonzaga makes it that far after what was a very easy conference schedule, but Hey, if they win four games, in the NCAA tournament, they'll be primed and ready to go. Or maybe you're on Baylor's side of the bracket and that size and that strength that they have is just too much to bury yet again. And yeah, there is the chance that you don't make it to the final four. And you play a West Virginia, like Jeremy said, or a Florida State, and it's just a bad matchup. And God, and would that suck? Absolutely, it would suck. And that's just the risk that you run in the NCAA tournament. But that's all it is, man. It's six games, six wins in a row. They've won 11 of 12 in this Big Ten. Best conference since the ACC in 2004. And I think I'd have to check Ken Palm. It might be the best conference ever since Ken Palm has been established in 2002. So you've run the gamut. I've always used the metaphor of a batter in the on-deck circle with the donut on the bat. That's the Big Ten regular season. And now you take the donut off the bat, you go to the NCAA tournament, six games and three weekends. And all of a sudden, I'm not going to say that seems easy, but it's going to seem easier based on the path that you took to get there. Going through this gamut of a Big Ten schedule, 20 games, 
beating the other teams that are in the top four of the Big Ten, sweeping them, Michigan, Iowa, and Purdue, splitting with Ohio State, beating the kinds of teams that you will need to beat in the NCAA tournament. So here we are. Eight days that led us to this point where all of a sudden I'm talking national title and I'm feeling good about it. And I've mentioned that visualization thing on the last couple podcasts. I mentioned this to Trevor yesterday to just picture what that might feel like. And I'm again, I'm not a subscriber to this thing where, well, if you visualize it, it will come true. So many things have to happen. There has to be an element of luck. There always is with the team that wins a national title. But you know what? It could happen. It could happen. There's not many Illini teams in my lifetime where I've been able to say that and, and not have that pit in my stomach feeling. And for some reason, I'm not getting that pit in my stomach feeling. I'm not getting that, oh God, North Carolina awaits like I did in 05. I'm not getting that, oh God, why do they put Arizona as the two seed in our bracket like I did in 01? We all knew it was coming to that. We all knew. I don't have that this year. And listen, vibes, gut feelings, they're only as good as, well, they aren't very good at all, right? There's no science behind a vibe or a gut feeling, but if vibes mean anything to you, I got a good vibe about this one. I do. We'll be here for the whole ride. We're going to be here Friday night, 5.30 tip against Rutgers or Indiana. I think that's how it's going to shake out, though, again, by the time you listen to this, maybe the Big Ten tournament standings or the seedings will change slightly. So that's why we'll keep it pretty macro with Sean here in a couple minutes. But yeah, we'll be back for that on uh, Friday, hopefully on Saturday, hopefully on Sunday. Hopefully we do two on Sunday. Big Ten tournament final, take a break, post it, and then do another one for Selection Sunday. But here we are, guys. This is it. And it's not just the fact that we're going to see Illinois' name again on Selection Sunday. That alone would have been cool. I was so looking forward to that last year, and I still wish they would have had a selection show, even without a tournament, silly as that may sound. So we could have known, oh yeah, we would have been in it. We would have been a sixth seed. This team earned that. They earned the right to hear their name on Selection Sunday. A year later, they have earned the right to hear their name as the number one seed, as a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. That's remarkable. You may not hang a banner for it, But you will never forget an Illinois basketball team that gets a one seed. It is rare. It's special. And I think we can do this. I think we can. Excited to talk with Sean Harrington about it. Friend of the program. We spoke with Corey last weekend. I'm just kind of making the rounds with these guys from the 01 team. And I don't know if Sean's going to get a shirt or not from 4th and Kirby. I'd buy a Sean Harrington shirt from 4th and Kirby, if I'm being fully honest. Uh, But I know that Sean, he knows basketball as well as anybody. So it's going to be cool to talk with him as not just someone that knows the game, but as an Illini alum. I I did message with Corey a bit yesterday. He called it a grinded out win. Love it, he says. He also said, yes, sir, (laughs) after I said, how about that W? And for someone that was on that 0-1 team, tough as nails as that team was, for him to call that the grinded out win that it was, I think shows that the questions of toughness that we might have had for this team, those are moot. Those don't matter anymore. This team is tough. In fact, there was a great video, if you can find it, on the Illini Basketball Twitter. Bad language included. Thank you, Illini Basketball Twitter, for letting it ride. They bleeped out an F word, but they let the SH word stick. And Brad Underwood told the guys they were the toughest bunch of blankers he's ever coached. And this is a guy that's been with the Frank Martins and the Bob Huggins of the world, the Bob Huggins coaching tree. And... He knows a thing or two about that. Toughness is something that I know John Gross threw around around a lot. And after a while, that buzzword, I kind of got sick of it. But it does apply to this team. And it's one more reason why 
I am very confident when push comes to shove in an NCAA tournament game, this team's not going to fold. And when it comes down to a tight game with two minutes to go, who's going to make the stops? This team's going to make the stops. Who's going to make the shots? I think we got a few guys that can do that too. So, are you feeling good? I'm feeling good. I am beside myself with just joy. We get a whole week here to getting ready for the Big Ten tournament. You get the two seed. You get the Friday evening start, 5.30. We'll be there for that. And hopefully, like I said, Friday, Saturday, two on Sunday. We'll keep doing these. And I would love to think that the 200th, 200 level can be a monumental one. We're, we're getting there. It's 185, so we might be able to time it where the 200th episode is a big one. That'd be pretty cool. But hey, it's the 185th one, 185th one, and we got a big one right here with Sean Harrington, former Illini, of course, great college basketball analyst, friend of the program, joining us to talk about this Illini team. Sean, I wanted to start with this because, you know, you've been a basketball analyst for some years now. You did some coaching well, but at the end of the day, you're an Illini alum. So I wanted to start from that angle and what this team is doing right now. And essentially just ask, how much fun are you having as someone that, you know, 20 years ago, you guys were making a run of your own. And now you watch this team, including one of Frank's own kids, and you're seeing Illinois basketball after a decade of not so good basketball. Not only are they going to make the tournament, they're going to be a one seed. Yeah, I mean, it's really, really exciting, obviously, just from a basketball standpoint, that every single night, every other game, you know, you've got something exciting to talk about. Uh, people are tuned in, people are locked in, they're following it. So that, that's super exciting. And, um, you know, you get a lot of pride in the university, obviously, as a player. But I think also in Illinois, you get a sense of pride for the community. And, and I think it's an unbelievable fan base. It's an unbelievable community. You know, the Champaign-Urbana area is a great place to live. Uh, the people are passionate about basketball there. They're passionate about their sports there. Uh, so, you know, from my side, too, there's a lot of happiness and joy and excitement on my end for those people. You know, I mean, it, just that they get something that they can be excited about, something that they can tune into and watch and and talk about because uh, it really is. It's a, it's a great community. I love living there, you know, loved playing there and met a lot of really good people in that area. So, of course, I'm happy about the basketball, but there's there's more than that. It, it feels good for the community, and they deserve it. You mentioned it's been a long stretch. This is this has been a, it's been a long time since you know Illinois basketball has been relevant, and and the the come crashing onto the scene like this and the way that they did. It's it's a lot of fun for the people to enjoy and watch. You mentioned the community, and I, I actually mentioned that in an opening segment where I went for a run today and kind of went through the campus area and about the State Farm Center, and there is a glow, not just because it's a beautiful spring day, but like there is this sense, even in a pandemic year, where you can tell everyone's just feeling good. All, I can't tell you how many texts or Twitter messages I just got from friends all over the place saying, God, it must be great back at Champaign-Urbana, and it is. Um, but as you look at this team, this is apples and oranges comparison, but I, I questioned the toughness part of them about a month and a half ago where they had a little bit of a swoon in mid-January. I, I can't do that anymore. I, I cannot question the toughness. And I think out of all the impressive wins, the most impressive part of Ohio State was the fact that it probably wasn't a game they should have won, and certainly not a game that they would have won a month or a month and a half ago. Yeah, a month, month and a half ago. And then you start talking about a couple of years ago. And that's just shown how this culture has changed. And a lot of times it's like, what is culture, right? You know, what is that? Everyone talks about it. You have to have a good culture. Well, it's players believing in the system. 
It's players working for each other. And it's believing that you can win and knowing that you can win. And, and that's what you're seeing out of this team. And there is no way you lose your best player going to Wisconsin and then going to Michigan and you win those games any other year, you know, and this team has done it. And then you mentioned again, yesterday is a game at Ohio state. They probably lose maybe a couple months ago and for sure a couple years ago. And, and that's where it's really changed is you have a player like IO who can close games out and everybody else believes and everybody else feels confident in their role. Everybody else knows that somehow we are going to win this game and, and you're seeing that and um you know that, that was an impressive way to close out a game on a road knowing that there's some high stakes involved there's a one seat on the line if you don't win that game now you probably have to go do a little bit of work in in the big 10 tournament to try to get that one back or to solidify that you are the one but knowing that you win that game you're a one seed and then for them to pull that out and and lock down again defensively and that's the thing now, two games in a row, they were fantastic. And then to close out another game with stops down the stretch where Ohio State couldn't get a bucket. What is it about playing at Ohio State? Because even your guys' Big Ten title team in 01, you could have clinched it in Columbus. And then Ohio State wins. It was a close game. And that was, I think, the Michael Red, Scooney Penn, Ken Johnson, Buckeye team. So they were good. Uh, but <laughs> what is it about at Ohio State? It just seems like in the last 20 years, and I've been to Schottenstein Center or Valley City Arena, whatever it is. It's just a big cavernous arena. I don't know if it'd be that much of a home court advantage, but it just seems to be a bugaboo with Illinois going into Columbus. Yeah, and I, I can't put my finger on it. There's not one thing because Ohio State and Wisconsin are two places that I'd never won. And they are two places that I would not consider intimidating atmospheres. They're just not. They're very nice venues. They're great. They have uh, full venues, especially when Illinois is going there and, you, and you're ranked or you're uh, you know, a really good team and they're going to pack it uh, when you show up. So loud arenas, uh, but I would not put them in the upper tier of hostile places to play in the Big Ten. And uh, some teams just don't respond well. Some teams just don't play well in certain situations. But I, I, I have nothing on Ohio State where I can say why it's a tough place to go in and play. Uh, but I know I didn't win there. And you know I didn't win in Wisconsin. And again, that's a place that's not real intimidating necessarily uh but those teams win when they're at home was breslin center the most intimidating back in the early 2000s or what place was it, it was it was it was jumping because of the era obviously they were really good and we were really good so it's it was now the rivalry but we kind of both felt we were trying to knock each other off the pedestal like who was going to kind of take uh, uh the top spot um but indiana's intimidating uh purdue gets extremely loud uh, so that was a really difficult one uh, Resident Center is right up there with those. So uh, just kind of looking back on it, uh, in my day, those were probably the three hardest to play in uh, when you look at just crowds and, and people being on top of you. I wanted to ask you about, I mentioned toughness earlier, and I think that this team has adopted the mindset they're going to get a one seed, and yet they're still going to act like the hunter. They have a chip on their shoulder. And this is where, again, apples and oranges, but what really stood out to the 01 team for me, despite you guys got a one seed, you earned it, Big Ten title, all of that. And yet, even going into the NCAA tournament, there was this, um, I don't know, this like rabid dog kind of, like you guys could flip that switch and just go, right? There was a nastiness to what you guys did. And you mentioned the de defensive performance of this team late in the game at Ohio State. I think that's one example of it. Um, and I contrast that with 05 a team that was number one all year, 
And that's that's a heavy burden. So going into the NCAA tournament, where this team is at, despite getting a one seed, do you like uh, the mentality that they have going into this? And what is it like to be in a locker room where even when you've reached those heights, you still have this sense of, oh, we aren't done. Like, we got more to do. Yeah, and you obviously always want to have that killer mindset, right? You want to be the one that goes in there with a chip on your shoulder. You see it with this Illinois team this year. And you can go back to the beginning of the year. At the beginning of the year, we knew Duke wasn't great. We didn't know they were going to be this bad, right. <laughs> but you knew it was not Duke. You know, it, going into that game, it was it was exciting. But how did that Illinois? How did this Illinois team respond? They went in there thinking they were playing the national championship Duke, right? They were playing like there was going to be Cameron Crazies in there going crazy. They had that chip on their shoulder, and then they played extremely well. And I think going into Baylor, right, they don't win that game, but Illinois played really well in that Baylor game for a long stretch because they felt like they were being a little bit, you know, disrespected almost kind of going into that game. And so you see that along the year here, and you hope that they have that mentality going into the NCAA tournament as well. Say, hey, people are still maybe questioning, should we be that third or fourth number one? You know, no one's maybe giving us, so if they can get some sort of chip on their shoulder from that, it's great. And our team did that back in 01. You know, we always felt like we had something to prove. And we had a one seed. And we really came out first two games, you know, firing, blew two teams out, you know, like you, you should do if you're a one seed, right? Take care of the 16 and and then take care of the 8-9 game. And I think we won that one by 20-some points mm-hmm. as well. So we took care of business. But then going into that next round, we're playing Kansas. And we're the one seed. They're the four. We should beat Kansas. We're better than Kansas. But we felt like everyone's talking about Kansas because it's this traditional powerhouse. But we're the one seed, and we had something to prove. And I remember it was the most intense practice the day before a game that we maybe had, and that team had intense practices. You know, we, we almost sure. had fisticuffs going in practice. Guys were getting after each other. Uh, it was just such a deep group that every day in practice we got after it. But that was maybe the most intense. And I'll never forget it because we were about 10, 15 minutes into our practice. There was a loose ball. And I want to say seven guys were on the floor diving. I mean, it was almost all 10 in the game on the floor, loose ball. And Coach Self looked around and said, get some shots up. We're done. We're out. And we all just kind of froze and we're like, what? And he's like, we're done. He's like, there's nothing else we can do today that is going to get you more prepared than you are right here at this second. And he could just see it. That team, 10, 15 minutes into a practice, we were good to go. And it was one of the best games that we played, you know, in that year. You take care of Kansas, you win by double digits again. You know, that's a double-digit win in a 1-4 game. And so we had that mentality. We had that, you know, we were, we were the team that had something to prove. And uh, so you hope that this team this year has that as well. Is just because you're number one seed doesn't mean you can't play with a chip on your shoulder and, and go take care of some business as well. We have this month ahead of us, but you know it's hard for me to not look forward and, and hope that there is a sustainability here for Brad Underwood at Illinois. What about the program through four years gives you the most encouragement that, listen, you aren't going to get years like this every year, but turning this back into a consistent top four in the Big Ten, competing for Big Ten titles every few years, making the tournament more often than not, uh, what gives you the most encouragement from what you've seen from when he got here to now this point in year four? The consistency has been obviously a lot better, and there's been improvement each year, right? So you're getting better and better each year. First year, a little bit of struggle. Second year, 
uh, you know, a little bit better, but obviously a lot of, uh, you know, ups and downs there. Last year, you know, a fun team to watch. You kind of get gypped out of the tournament at the end of the year. That would have been, you know, fantastic for them to kind of reach that, that milestone uh, for the program. Now, obviously, this year is a special season. So you're seeing improvement each year. Uh, so that's the biggest thing. And then, you know, I'm, I'm guilty of this as well. I'm thinking coming into the season, even midway through the season times, I'm thinking, thank goodness, Io and Kofi came back. Because otherwise, how good would this team be? And now you lose Io for these two games. And you're thinking, this team's still pretty darn good without Io. You go and you beat Wisconsin, you go and beat Michigan. Obviously, Kofi's still there. And that's a huge focal point of the offense in those games and on the defensive end as well. But you're seeing that you lose your star player and there's not this huge dramatic drop-off in those games. So that's exciting kind of moving forward. You see what Cabello's capable of doing. You see that Andre uh, um, uh, Adam Miller's got, you know, all kinds of potential uh, that he, you know, he can reach. He's not just a three-point shooter. His game's going to develop over these next few years. Uh, you know, Georgie, how about the way he's played, you know, and stretches when he gets his time? Will he be a consistent factor, you know, next year moving forward uh, if his number needs to be called more? So you're seeing some of the pieces in place uh, with guys that can carry this on. So there's not going to be that huge drop off. Uh, and you, then you start bringing in more talent as well that learn from these guys that have learned from the older players. And that's what you want is when the young guys start learning from the older guys and that torch starts getting passed. That's when you build consistency. That's when you build a, a program that obviously you'd like to be a one seed every year. doesn't happen too often. But like you mentioned, you can be a top-tier team in the Big Ten year in and year out for a long stretch. That's what makes this run all the more impressive. You guys had the Big Ten in the early 2000s. Michigan State, of course. Wisconsin was on the up, and that would have been when they went from, was it Soderbergh was there for a year, and then Bo Ryan came in. Maybe yeah. you're, was Bo Ryan there for two of your four uh, years? He would have been my, I think it was my junior year. They're all starting to blend together, but I think I played against Bo Ryan for two years. And, sure. yeah. and the second year, I mean, you mentioned at Colson. The second year that he would have been there was your senior year. And that was the Devin Harris gets fouled. Uh, sorry, I don't need to. Re- I don't need to rehash that. But no. But so Wisconsin's on the up. Michigan State's good. Ohio State is good. And Purdue is probably Purdue. So you have this top half of the Big Ten that's really good. And and that that's what makes this year all the more impressive. Sean is, according to Ken Palm, this is the best conference since Ken Palm started. And this team went sixteen and four. And yeah, there were hiccups. Back in mid January, there was that little swoon. Michigan State, that was another swoon. Um, but well, a one came soon, but in a weird way, the Michigan State game, I think Sean will be looking back on and thinking, you know, that might have been whatever this team needed to be reminded of the urgency of the situation. That seemed to have done it. Yeah, it, it might have got that chip back on their shoulder. You know, that's kind of what we're talking about is at times, do they maybe just played up to the level of competition, looked really good in some of those good games, got some wins against teams they should have beat, but didn't look great doing it. And then you get spanked, you know, and it was physical. It was uh, emotional. It was, but, but they took it to Illinois in that ball game. And that might've been the wake up call. That might've been the one that said, Hey, we're not going to get pushed around. You know, we, we need to figure this out. Uh, you know, how are we going to get tougher? Uh, and obviously you lose IO then in that game. And it's like, okay, now no one's expecting anything out of us. Let's go prove them wrong. Um, and, and so, there's always turning points in the season. It can go one way or another, and, and that's definitely a game where you lose that one, you lose Io, you probably take care of Nebraska no matter what, just because of the season that Nebraska had. But then you go and follow that up with, you know, you, you could have very easily lost three straight games at the end of the year, and now how are you feeling 
going into the Big Ten, going into the NCAA, when nobody would have been, I, I think, upset if you go one and two in that stretch. If you beat Wisconsin, lose at Michigan, lose at Ohio State, there's no shame in that. But your psychological going into the Big Ten tournament, going into the NCAA might have been much different. For, for this team to turn it around like that, it's huge for the program and it's huge for what they can do in the postseason. You know, showing the other foot, I, I do wonder about Ohio State having lost four games in a row, as good as they are. I don't want to play them again. It's a bad matchup for Illinois, it looks like. It took everything that we had yesterday. But, um, you know, you guys back in 01, you're a one seed. You presumed, I'm sure, going into the Big Ten tournament, we probably got the one seed. You guys had won a Big Ten title. So you also had, you knew that you had that banner ready to go. Going to the Big Ten tournament, and you guys had lost that Saturday to a good Indiana team. I forgot how good Indiana was in the early 2000s. And I'm wondering, what do you think Brad Underwood would have to do for this team? And the answer may be that this team's just pumped and ready to go the rest of the year. How do you keep that focus knowing that, hey, we got the one seed locked up and this Big Ten tournament thing, I don't think it's going to be a question of them not caring, but how do you maintain that intensity when you just got done with those three games in eight days that are like an all-timer for this program? Yeah, they're, they're coming off an unbelievable high. But I'll tell you right now, as a player, they're feeling like they should be the Big Ten champions. And that's how we felt my senior year. So that that was, you know, it wasn't a one seed locked up, but we were coming off of, we feel like we're the best team in the Big Ten. We didn't win the Big Ten championship. Wisconsin gets it. We lose to them by one game. And so going into that Big Ten tournament, we were like, we are going to make a statement. We are going to win this tournament, and we are going to show that we are the Big Ten champions. And so I would say this team can take a very similar approach. Um, they have to feel like they're the Big Ten champs. And I know it's a weird year, and Michigan doesn't play a full slate of games, and you beat Michigan on their home turf without your best player, and you spank them in the process. They feel like they should be Big Ten champions. So I would imagine – you take that into the Big Ten tournament, and they're hoping they get Michigan again in the championship game, beat them there, and claim you know a Big Ten championship in the, in the tournament. And I'll tell you, I won two regular seasons, and then we won the Big Ten tournament our senior year, and they felt the same. Oh, you know, okay. it, it, it's 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 the grind of a year. It's nothing like it to say that you did it over three months, but the way that we felt was we felt there was an unbalanced schedule. And you can go back and look at that. We had a tougher schedule than Wisconsin. Absolutely. So we felt like we played better than Wisconsin during the year. We just lost. We were head-to-head, one-to-one against them. We both went at home. But we had that chip, and we just felt like this is going to determine who the true Big Ten champion is, who comes out of this weekend, because it was so close. And I think you have that again here. Illinois and Michigan are so close. You know, they're both one seed. You're splitting hairs over maybe who's the Big Ten champion uh, because of the unbalanced schedule. So go prove it. Go make a statement here and see if you can come out with that Big Ten championship, Big Ten tournament, and make a statement that way and feel good about yourselves. This is a hypothetical for you because we're a couple hours away from Michigan, Michigan State. So by the time this is published, that game is probably going to be over and we'll know. But let's say Michigan loses. I don't think they will, but let's just say, and they finish, that would be 14-3. and Illinois, 16-4. and Now we know that the win percentage, the Big Ten said this is what it is. But that would put, I think, two percentage points away from Illinois and Michigan. And in a traditional like Major League Baseball standings, Illinois would have a game and a half advantage. So long, long-winded way of saying, do you think Illinois would have a claim 
to a share. I don't know what the mechanisms are. Maybe John Whitman needs to make a call to Kevin Warren. Uh, do you think it's okay to kind of say, hey, wait, wait a second. We need a banner too. Like we earned that Big Ten Champions banner. I think you're missing the biggest stat, and Illinois would be ahead of Michigan in the, the Sean Harrington plus minus Big Ten standings. See that? So, you need to let Josh Whitman know this. It's another more, exactly amu- right. more, more ammo for him. So, obviously, you mentioned we'll have to see what happens in this game, but if Michigan wins, they get another road victory, and they would tie at plus six. So, okay. right now, Illinois is at plus six. Michigan's at plus five. If Michigan wins, it's plus six. They're both tied. Obviously, Michigan didn't get road games, so that's the thing. I believe – I'd have to look back. Is it Northwestern, Penn State? I'm trying to think who the other one was. That Indiana? I think there was an Indiana game. It might be Indiana. Somewhere. They might have another Indiana game uh, as well, and that would be a home one. Uh, so you, you look at that schedule, and Michigan probably wins two out of three, if not all three of those. Sure. And they would get those road victories. But, again, it's an unbalanced schedule. That's you know the way it plays out. But uh, you, you finish lower in, in the in the plus minus standings. I, I think that claims your Big Ten champs right there. All right. See, yeah, I, I Alana AD, just tweet him real quick. Give him the little snapshot of your plus minus standings because I, I'd actually forgotten about that. And that Illinois finishes on top of that. And all the crazier, Sean, because I think after the two losses to Maryland and Ohio State, I don't, I don't know. At that point, they were plus one, even with a few road wins. And it's like, oh my God, what are we doing here? We're blowing. That's what's remarkable. The last six weeks, um, you know, going back to the four years that you were with with the program, and I know that your junior year was tough sledding. And you would mention last time we talked that there were maybe some injuries, guys weren't fully healthy that year. That was a grind. But you guys were sitting there, I think, at three and five in the conference before you won your last eight. Um, uh, other than the mental toughness part of it, um, where does the coaching come in in terms of holding that locker room together? Because I, I get the feeling that Brad Underwood, after that Maryland and after the Ohio State games in mid-January, there had to be a bit of a reckoning reckoning, or looking at each other in the mirror and just saying, what are we doing and where are we going? Yeah, and you know, coaches, they have to know how to push buttons, right? And, and that's where it comes in. And uh, I think that's where you talk about culture as well. And, and do you still believe just because of a couple losses, you know, you don't completely abandon ship. You don't completely change your entire philosophy. Uh, you know, what's gotten you to this point. And um, to be honest, we might've looked at the plus minus standings at that time too. And it was one of those things where we said, Hey, look, we're not far off. You know, it, it looks bad right now, standings wise, maybe, but we were road heavy at the beginning of the year. We lost some road games. Um, and I believe we dropped a home game actually that year. It was Michigan one of State. two uh, in my four-year stretch. You know that we actually we lost two home games in four years, uh, and that was one of them that year. Um, so we we just felt like take care of home, which we knew we were going to do, and, and just went out at home, and we said we were going to do that. And now you start going and stealing some on the road, and, and that's how you get it back. So uh, I, I think to just look at it a different way. Um, you know, be able to push the right buttons. And I think for us, it was like, yeah, it looks bad right now in the standings. Uh, but we're right there and, and we know we're not going to lose at home again. Uh, you know, we, we said we weren't going to do that and now we're just going to go and steal them on the road and we'll be right back into this thing. Uh, and so that was a good mindset for us was just to kind of know uh, that all we had to do was steal about three road games because we weren't going to lose at home. Uh, so that made it seem easier. You know, that, that, that takes down, like you just mentioned, you got to win eight straight to end the regular season. Well, that sounds like a tough task to do. But when we looked at it, we said, well, five of those are at home, so we got no problem there. Now we just got to go figure out how we're going to win these three road games, and we're going to be all set. So a uh, coach finding a way for the players to really believe in it, to buy in it, um, to know that what you're doing 
uh, is working uh, is a big deal there. All right, so right now, are you, are you watching the Iowa Wisconsin game too on your screen? I've I've got it on the background. I, I okay. haven't seen uh, the update. Yes. So so to give the folks at home, by the time they listen to this again, this game will be over. But for the Big Ten tournament, we'll end with just a couple questions about the Big Ten tournament here, Sean. And this game has ramifications because if Iowa were to lose, all of a sudden they flip to the other side of the bracket, and then Purdue becomes the three seed. Uh, as you look at the Big Ten tournament outside of Michigan, Illinois. And I'd say Iowa, I guess we could throw Ohio State in there because they're a top 10 team. Is it as easy as saying Purdue is the next best chance to make a deep run? Or is there some team in the middle of the pack, maybe a Maryland or something that has some sneaky wins this year that you look at as a black, black, or what is it? Dark horse, not a yeah. black sheep. That wouldn't make any sense. A dark horse in this big 10 tournament. Yeah. I, don't throw away Wisconsin. I think that's the team maybe okay. because of that senior experience. And, and that's a team that's puzzling to me this year. I, they, sh- they should be better than what they are record wise. And, uh, you know, a program, you talk about consistency, right? It's you're going on 20 years of them finishing in the top four, uh, all, but maybe one of those years, right. and it's going to happen again this year, it looks like. So, you, you know, that's a team that, you don't want to play a senior heavy team potentially in the tournament, especially maybe a quick turnaround, right? It's just, you got to play two games in three days and uh, they will be able to prepare. And they've been in those situations before uh, on a quick turnaround. Um, the style that they play a little different where they post up different guys, you know, it's not just a true post. You got guards going in and out of there. So I think for a team that hasn't scouted them, a team that hasn't played them a couple times, like big 10 teams do, that's a tough preparation to get your guards to learn that you're going to have to guard the post multiple possessions here in this ball game. So um, I would not be surprised if Wisconsin getting good matchups, you know, it's all about matchups along the way. If they could win two, three games, potentially quick, quick aside about Wisconsin, because they're an easy program to respect. I do respect them, but as a fan, I want to pull my hair out when I watch them as a player. I mean, and this goes before Bo Ryan. You go to the Soderbergh teams, and then before that, the Dick Bennett teams. Wisconsin had an identity long before Bo Ryan even got there. Grinded out, ugly, I mean, ugly yet pretty basketball, right? They're so efficient. But would it be frustrating to play them thinking, well, we kind of got to play a perfect game, and we aren't going to blow them out ever. It's never going to be easy against Wisconsin. Yeah, and they test your patience, and there's no question about that because they normally don't beat themselves. You know, in that stretch, you're talking about a team that rarely turns the basketball over. Uh, they rebound extremely well most of the time. Uh, you mentioned efficient on offense, so it seems like maybe they're playing a little slow, but they score at a high rate per possession. Uh, so they test your patience, and, and that can be very frustrating as a player. You want to try to speed up the tempo, and they just never let you speed up the tempo. You want to play a little faster, and you just can't play faster against them. And uh, I, I remember uh, sophomore year, I mean, we, we talked about it, the Griff game, right, where Griff knocks in the shot at the end, and we're down 13 at one point. That might as well be 30 to some teams. You know sure. what I mean? When you're down when you're down against them, it's really difficult to climb out of that hole because they just don't hurt themselves, and because of the pace that they play at, it's hard to string a bunch of possessions uh, together. So uh, it's a frustrating team to play, definitely one that I could see in the NCAA tournament not one to match up against. Regardless of the outcome here and the Weiss camp injury, we don't know a whole lot about that, though he has not played in the second half. Would Iowa be a team that, to me, seems to be feast or famine, that if they're hot at the right time, and we've kind of known this from the beginning of the year, that if they're hot at the right time, good luck getting them out. But then there's the flip side, where we see even today against the Wisconsin team that defensively has struggled at points this year, and, and Iowa's not putting up the 90. They're at 71, and that's more difficult for them to get wins. 
Is there a cap on what Iowa can do, or is it just one of those low floor, high ceiling kind of teams? Yeah, it, you know, there, there's there's a handful of teams that have potential win it all, and, and I would put them real close to that border. Could they do it? And, and I don't believe they're good enough to win it all, but I do believe they're good enough to get to an elite eight and sure. potentially a final four. But uh, I was just a Wieskamp camp would be a major blow to that team if if it's a serious injury, just because. He's a different dynamic on the perimeter for them. They've got shooters all around, but he can do a few different things uh, that Bohanna maybe can't, that Fredericks maybe can't, uh, that the McCaffrey's can't. So he, he's that guy that I think can give them a different dimension, and, and that would be a big blow if he's out for them going far into the NCAA tournament, in my opinion. I think they're still good enough to win a couple games, uh, but to make a real deep run without him I think would be difficult. If you if you're a team in the NCAA tournament, would you rather be in Michigan or Illinois bracket? Uh, go, going against them, you're going saying? against them, yeah, yeah. Um, the way that Illinois is playing, I, I think you'd probably rather be in Michigan. And um, you know that that's that's going on the last couple of weeks. You know, I would not have said that a month ago. You know, Michigan went through one of their stretches where I think they beat they went at Wisconsin, uh, throw Rutgers in there. They go at Ohio State and win. Uh, and then maybe Iowa at home or something like that. So they had a stretch there where they were down. So today I would rather play Michigan than Illinois. A month ago, I would rather play Illinois than Michigan. So I guess we'll answer that question after the Big Ten tournament to see which one's kind of playing uh, you know, at a high level at that point. Like most Big Ten games this year, Sean, this one is snail's pace at the end. We got free throws. We got fouls uh, on my feed right now. Bo Hannon's going to line, and Demetra Trice just fouled out, so that's not good for Wisconsin. So if Iowa holds on here, we are looking at a potential rematch for Illinois-Iowa on Saturday, which I got to be honest with you, you know, I look at a situation where Iowa and Luka competing for Big Ten Player of the Year, and no offense to Luka, who is fantastic, but I'm thinking Iowa going into that game would be taking the mindset of, all right, well, we're going to win, and I'm going to lock up Big Ten Player of the Year right here, right now, on this Saturday. Is that, I'm probably fanboying out a little bit here with Io, but it, do, it does seem like whatever it factor there needs to be for a superstar to have, he would be the kind of, I guess, like the Mamba mentality that he's talked about before, like Kobe had. He would go into that game just laser-focused to make a statement. Yeah, the uh, the last dance, right? Yeah. Uh, and Michael Jordan saying, I took that personal, right? So <laughs> looking for any kind of that edge that you can get on an opponent, I think, you know, athletes were always looking for that, uh, no matter what it is. And, and and I don't think the player of the year should come down to that game. If that does happen, if they're in the same bracket, they both win. And, and now that's what we're looking at, a semifinal there. Uh, you got to take the whole body of work. But I look at what Io has done. Uh, and this is, you know, both players, Garza and Io have a very strong case of player of the year, and they both deserve it. Um, but I would give it to Io just because I always believe that even the individual awards go to the guys that are on the best teams. And Illinois is that close to winning a Big Ten title. You're talking about percentage points potentially from not getting one, but they finished higher than Iowa in the standings. Uh, and then I look at it is what did Io do all season long closing out games. And I mean, it, it's just been so impressive that when the game is on the line, he goes and makes the play that gets Illinois the win. And, and guards is just as important to his team as Iowa is to Illinois, but Iowa is winning games late. And, and to me, that's just to have clutch plus a higher winning percentage as a team. Those two team, those two factors for me outweigh a couple points 
Uh, and maybe, you know, obviously he's got the assist advantage, guards got the rebound advantage. So you start looking at those, uh, you know, and guards obviously has a few point advantage, but I'm looking at clutch plays down the stretch of ball games, closing out multiple games. And then your team finishes higher in the standings and almost won the big 10. And so to me, he gets the nod up. If I'm voting, that's how I look at it. And I break it down. I'm giving him the nod for player of the year. And the head-to-head and the Harrington plus-minus standings. Let's not forget that either. Uh, okay, so what, one more question for you here, Sean, is this game, it, you know, again, it, it'll drag on for God knows how long. But um, as you look at Illinois going into the NCAA tournament, I know matchups are paramount. That's the most important thing. Who do you play when you play them? But how are you projecting them as far as how far they may go? Just all things considered, let's just presume that they'll have as tough uh, as of a matchup as any other one seed would. This seem like a Final Four team to you? It is, yeah, and it is. And uh, obviously, you got to have some luck along the way. Sure. You got to play extremely well. Um, you got to put four games together to get there. That you have to play your best basketball. And, and you know, it's it's one half, it's one slip up, and you're done. That's the beauty of the tournament. Uh, but it's also the frustrating thing. Um, you know, if it's a seven game series, Gonzaga is your national champion. I, I just from watching them throughout the whole year they're the best team um but it's not a seven game series and illinois is as good as anybody on any given night and you mentioned you can lose to anybody on any given night as well so you look at matchups you look moving forward illinois is good enough to make an elite eight final four run there's no question about that uh you look at what could potentially give them a hiccup and it is is there a very physical team out there you saw it a little bit with michigan state and, and you know obviously a uh, very, very physical game, but only didn't respond great in that time. Have they grown up since then? Maybe. And that might have been good for them to grow. Uh, we've also seen a stretch four or five potentially, right, player that can give you some fits and like a Liddell, you know, that sure. he, can, he can give you some problems uh, and be a mismatch where you're having Kofi now, right, is struggling to defend. Uh, and it takes away one of your business biggest uh, advantages to the game if you can get him moving all over the floor. So, those are some of the areas where obviously you can get a hiccup, uh, but you know they can play with anybody, they can beat anybody, uh, and it, it, it's a team that can get to an Elite Eight Final Four. They, they're they're definitely good enough and as good as anybody else in the country right now. Sean Harrington, always the goods here on the two hundred level, friend of the show. Uh, he knows his stuff, and also cool to get his perspective as a an Illinois alum as this team is making a run. Well, I presume they will be making a run. He's pretty confident about that, too. Not surprised because there is something that's kind of like right in front of us, right? We see this happening in front of our eyes. I think we all believe in it. And now it just simply comes down to playing and winning the games. Ah, if only were that easy. But um, by the way, as we sit here, Iowa will play in the three games. So that means that Illinois-Iowa is still on a collision course for Saturday in the Big Ten Tournament. There are more games coming up on this Sunday afternoon. And, of course, the Michigan-Michigan State game, which you'll probably know what happened in that game by the time that we publish this podcast. And if we need to have that discussion later this week about Michigan losing a third game and should we be co-champs, should we not, trust me, we will get to that. I will be with Jeremy Warner uh, Monday for another Mondays with Mike on the Alana Inquirer podcast. We'll probably be back on Tuesday. We'll definitely be back Friday. We'll be busy the next month. I hope for the entire next month we're going to be busy and we don't have to talk about any premature losses in the NCAA tournament. Instead, we plan on being super packed with podcasts for the next four weekends. So before we get out of here, 
again, I want to thank all of you for making the 200 level part of your podcast rotation. This is fun to share in this with all of you. And yeah, I wish that we could be doing live remotes from bars and more, even more interactive second half podcasts. And I think that this formula that we got, this can travel, right? I think that we would be able to do this places next year when it's okay to go into these establishments and make it kind of like a, a party, you know? Why not? Why not go to different bars and restaurants for the second half and have that nice crowd noise in the background? Well, we'll think of all those fun things, but as we are here in this moment, unable to share in a lot of this on a person-to-person basis, podcasting is one way that we can kind of have this conversation and in a way, put a time capsule for this entire season. Every moment, big and small, we've covered. And going the next month, hopefully it's nothing but big moments that we'll be covering. And I would love for there to be that podcast where we win in the Elite Eight to go to the Final Four. And then people can just revisit that whenever they want. Could you imagine if something like this would have existed or even, you know, Tay and Jay, Tay and Carp, 93.5, any of those sports shows would have existed back in 05 after that Arizona comeback. If there would have been a second half overtime podcast for that game of all games, people would just go back and revisit that whenever. I think there might be some people that will go back to this Ohio State game from yesterday or the Michigan game and just replay that sometimes because it makes you feel good. These are memories that we're going to be able to keep forever. This is a team that we're going to remember forever and their legacy is still being written. And I use the word storybook a few times in this podcast, and it really does feel like that's kind of how this thing is unfolding. So we'll be here as every chapter is being written, and hopefully it is the most satisfying ending. Before we get out of here, DP Doe online at dpdoe.com. Use coupon code MIKE for $5 calzones at dpdoe.com. They deliver anywhere in Champaign-Urbana. Again, that's dpdoe.com. Fourth and Kirby online at fourthandkirby.com. Use coupon code 200LEVEL for 10% off your order, including the new Corey Bradford t-shirt at fourthandkirby.com. Rector Construction, R-E-C-T-O-R construction.com. Everything from a new roof to a crawl space inspection, inspection and everything in between. That is rectorconstruction.com. And finally, State Farm Agent Brian Hanson online at Brian is my guy. Dot com, life, auto, home, business, renters, you name it. Brian Hansen is my guy. He should be your guy as well. Stay for major Brian Hansen. Okay, I think that's it for today's podcast. Alana Inquire and the Champagne Showers Podcast Network. We're going to keep putting these out there because, man, I love talking Alani basketball in general, but I really love talking about this Alani team. So we'll see you soon, probably in a day or two, a few times this week before the Big Ten tournament even starts. In the meantime, this is Decadence out of your head from our latest album, Fever Dreams, anywhere music is streaming. In the meantime, stay safe, stay healthy, and just bask in the glow of what this Illinois team has done and what they are about to do. It is the 200 level. Please.